a white man and we're not, uh, you're mad about uh, it. Have a nice life. So now we're on live. We're in the right. Okay, 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 all right, cool. How am I racist? How am I racist? I can't hear you. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. You're the one that called us crackers. No, no, no. Go in and catch me. See you later. You are a racist piece of trash. So you put us crackers. Did you take the jab? You take the jab. One of the most frustrating and awful things about a narcissist is they metaphorically step on your foot with something horrible like a betrayal or a smear or name calling or something really cruel and you say, ouch. But then they act like the victim. How do you stop a narcissist acting like a victim when they hurt you? You can't. The only thing you can do is pull your foot away so it doesn't get stood on so you're not saying ouch anymore. Take your person away, heal and recover. It's your only answer. Do you relate to the narcissist playing victim when they hurt you? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sheep Kid Sheared podcast, where here we talk about people, politics, or popular culture. I'm your host, the one and only Austin Creed, and my friends, I want to welcome you into the show. Today, we're going to be talking about something that might ruffle some feathers. You know, I'm not one to shy away for some good old controversy, but, you know, this time I'm not doing it just to be controversial for no reason, all right? This is something that I think needs to be said, and it needs to be said in the right way, and that's exactly what I'm going to be doing for y'all today. So, we're going to be talking multiple different topics today, but here's the fundamental underlying purpose of the show today. It's to highlight this one simple reality. Women love being victims. No, I know. Immediately, I can hear a ton of people flipping their lids, ready to try to cancel me. They already upset, and they don't even know why I would say that. Immediately, I can, I can, like, I have a, I have the best, steth- I have the best stethoscope in the business. Okay, I know exactly what people are gonna say to that. And you know what? I want you to hold your horses, because I guarantee you, it's not for the reasons you think. All right. We're going to be breaking down some statistics. We're going to be breaking down some uncomfortable truths today. So I welcome you in. And if you want to stick around, you're more than welcome to do so. If you want to leave something that's very unpleasant about me, my mother, or anything else, please don't. Please just go away. You know, wise wise man that I respect told me once that don't go away mad, just go away. But without further ado, here's what I want to do first. I want to show a clip that maybe some of you have seen. It came out a couple days ago. I've seen it on a couple other shows. But I wanted to bring this up because I wanted to really break this down and tie it into another conversation. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to share this. We're going to play this this TikTok video, fair use. Well, let's get let's let's see it. Women, we like to be the one that got done wrong. Oh, this is why we struggle with accountability. Most women chase bad boys because being with a bad boy allows you to end up being a victim at some point for another. I don't know. Did you hear that? Hopefully the volume's coming through all right on that. She's saying that women need to feel like the victim. 
again, this is a woman saying this. This isn't, this isn't the red pill. This isn't the manosphere saying this. No, this is a lady saying this. Let's keep going. It is programmed in us that whore me is some type of flex as a woman and as a mother. You, you. you hear that? Playing the victim is a flex. It gives them social proof. For example, gentlemen, gentlemen, have you ever been in a relationship and then immediately your girlfriend or your potential girlfriend or whoever, the first thing they do is talk about how abusive their ex was or how they're damaged or anything else. Y'all ever hear that before? Yes, we all have. Why? Because they use the exact same script. They use the exact same ideas. They use the exact same conversation on every dude. Because they know that immediately when they say that, you're going to assume that it was the dude who was no good. It was it was Pookie. It was Ray Ray. It was Chad. It was Tyrone. He was no good. But did you notice they didn't say who was being abusive? They didn't say why? They didn't say anything about that? Because if they did, they then have to bring up the, the CDC statistics that talk about, I think it's 70-80% of women are the, are the, yet while they receive the mo they receive the bad end of the, the abuse, they're the ones who instigated the abuse. Oh, you didn't know that, did you? Well, of course you didn't. Because people don't want you to know that. Because then guess what? You're liable to do some thinking and thinking. No, no, no. We just want you to drift. We want you to be a dummy, a useful idiot like Lennon wrote about. Let's, let's keep going. You see, poor woman left with children to raise on her own. That is something that they get your flex off of. They believe that he's a flex. That's why when I say it produces the worst product, the, the comeback is, well, he did it to me. Yeah, I can't go to work with that. your child. It'll be a statistic. So... Bitch, what, what are we talking about? Uh, did you hear that? She said, your, your, your kid gonna be a statistic, but you're a victim. Congratulations. Again, this is not me. This is her saying this, not me. And she's got a much bigger following than me. L let's keep going, man. Uh, look, let's keep going. Bad boys will allow, you're able to say, girl, I was fucking with Tyrone, you in the streets, bitch. You know, you took me out. It was exciting. There's the excitement side. But then there's always, if this doesn't work out with Tyrone, I have a story where Tyrone was the one that did me wrong. When you fucking with a Russell, he ain't gonna build up. You never finna be no victim. And so what that means is, if the Russell never finna do no fuck shit and try you, guess what you got to do? You got to step your character up and not be doing fuck shit neither. <laughs> you hear that? You hear that? <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness gracious hey a shout out to this woman for being honest i appreciate it thank you i mean i could have told you this but i i get the feeling it's better coming from her because apparently it matters more who says something and not what's actually being said because you know most people are are stupid and they are so inside what maybe Andrew Tate would call the Matrix. I don't know if I refer to it as the Matrix. I would just say it's been how people have been conditioned by society to act a certain way, to be to perform a certain way, to do certain things, to think a certain way. And so when she says it, 
people are more likely to say, wait a minute, is there any truth to this? Or uh, is it someone like me or Andrew Tate or anybody else in the manosphere says something like that? And then they're going to immediately be like, oh, but, but he this and he that and try to discredit you immediately. Well, let's keep going. What else does she say here? You got to be not texting niggas and fucking it. Being flawed. You got to be a good wife and go home and you know what I'm saying? Yeah. With Tyrone, I could check a little something on the side because he be doing shit anyway. He Tyrone. He the bad boy. I got, so the stuff I'm doing on the side, I'll always be able to say, well, yeah, I did fuck somebody else, but Tyrone been fucking. And so not all my wrongs are justified. I'm a big. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, that is exhibit A in my case. I mean, look, again, like I said, that's not even me saying that. I could have said exactly the same thing in a little bit of a less, I don't know, <laughs> um, you know, black female way, but I could have said it in the very similar way that she instead, congrats, shout out to her. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Because, look, Thank God for social media. I just got to say that because now it's with social media. People are out here exposing themselves, the bad behavior of them, their friends, their mama, whoever, their cousin, whatever. They're out here exposing this garbage and bringing it to light. So all of you men out there, unless you're completely off the grid and you're Amish or something, you got no excuse to not listen to this stuff. I gotta be honest, it's the men out here who are the hope strategists who are out here trying to make things work and are ignoring reality. Everybody ignores reality to an extent, but gentlemen, we've almost taken the place of women about 50 to 100 years ago with wanting things to be different, hoping they're, oh, oh, you gotta find the right one because she gonna be different and uh, right because everybody marries someone and says, you know, this is, this is definitely the wrong person, but you know what? I'm still going to marry him anyway. No one does that. Everybody thinks they're marrying the right person. That's why that argument sucks. And it's stupid. But here's the thing. Let's say, let's say hypothetically speaking, you beat the odds. You get married. Congratulations. Maybe. Because at the beginning, it might be great. But then... I would like to share some statistics with you brothers and maybe sisters who are married. Let's look at this real quick, shall we? Sex, sexless marriages. Oh, yes. They're real. If you want to trust Google, it says uh, sexless marriages are a reality for many couples. According to one study, approximately 15%. That may not sound like a big number to you. Until you realize that that's just a little bit under one in four. It's probably about one in six. One in six, one in seven. It says, according to one study, approximately 15% of married couples are sexless. This means that they aren't having any intimacy with each other in the past six months to a year. It says, oh, look at that. I was right. I didn't even see that. It says it affects about one in five over the age of 50. It says in 2022, 25 to 50% of heterosexual marriages were sexless. 
25 to 50 percent. Now, I know if you just got married recently or whatever, you're not going to under, you're not going to know this because you're saying that, oh, my wife dropped my wife putting it on me. My wife is giving it whatever I want, you know, whatever, you know, it's great. Hey, that's if that's it. Congratulations. That's great. But I'm telling you. All good things come to an end. All bad things come to an end. All things come to an end. And this is just one example. Let's go to another example here. Give me one second. Uh, here we go. So here, those of us like myself, we're skeptical on marriage because we know that women like to play the victim. We know most men are goofy out here and don't understand what's going on. So... Here's what they say. Let's look at some, let's look at some normie, you know, what people might classify as like new world order type stuff. Okay. Like what the government puts out and whatnot, which by the way, if you trust the government, I don't know who, I don't know what you're doing by the way. And that comes from somebody who had top secret clearance in the U S government. I know a lot about the government, not more than some people, but I guarantee you more than I could say without trying to go to jail. I'm not trying to go to jail. All right. Uh, marriage can offer many benefits for men. Oh, please do tell. Gentlemen, if you're married and you're listening to the show, do you experience these? I'll read them for you. Uh, it says health is one of the benefits. Married men are more likely to have better health and live longer than their unmarried peers. Is that right? Hmm. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll choose to believe that for right now. I'll pretend like all these things are true. Uh, finances. Married men tend to earn more money, save more, and have more access to second income. What they forget to leave out is it's usually not due to your wife's income because most of the time your wife's making a lot less than you unless you're a, an anomaly. Stability. Marriage can provide a stable environment for raising children and building a family. Uh, if this was the 1950s, I would agree with that. Today, yeah, um... The average marriage lasts about seven to eight years in the United States, so I don't know what this stability is they're talking about. Uh, support. Marriage can offer companionship, love, and emotional support. Uh, gentlemen, if you've been married for more than 10 years, do you feel like this in your marriage? I, I, I don't want to... I'm not being coy. I'm actually serious. I'm not married. I don't plan on ever being married, so I don't have experience on this one. Uh, sex life. The... Uh, sense of commitment and trust in marriage can lead to a better uh con sexual connection hmm. is that true i mean we just looked at the fact that one i mean 25 to 50 percent of marriages were uh according to the statistics sexless so i don't know what that's talking about maybe they're factoring in gay marriage i don't know uh purpose marriage can give a sense of purpose gentlemen if you need a mayor a woman or a marriage to purpose in your life, you live a sad life. I'm just telling you, hey, if you need somebody else to give you purpose in your life, that is sad. Abysmally sad, by the way. That is really sad. I hope that that is, I hope that's not actually true because that is really sad. Oh, goodness. What else does this say? It says, however, some say, some say. I love how they're just saying that some. Okay, some saying that marriage is not worth it for men. In other words, they're, they're referring to, you know, the manosphere, red pill, whatever you want to call it. The, the, the dudes who actually have been through this and are willing to speak out and not just give you the <laughs> yuck answer. 
They argue that most marriages end after children are grown. Uh-oh. Uh Uh-oh. The empty nest syndrome? Uh Uh-oh. Others say that marriage is a project that can be challenging, but it should be exciting and worth it for both people. Look, I'm critical on marriage, yes. Why? Because, look, there are institutions in place that I think are sacred. This is true. Here's the problem. You are sold a dream, and the dream is based off of an ideal, when reality is a lot more disappointing, and you're not told that until you're already experiencing it, and then you're wishing someone had told you before you jumped in. That is what marriage is for most men that I have met, and I actually had a very deep conversation, and I'm not just immediately shut me down, or immediately attempted to change the subject whenever I started to touch on this topic. Most men don't want to admit this in their marriage, by the way, and I don't blame them, because let me ask you something. If if one of your boys came to you, or some dude came to you and was like, hey man, my marriage is kind of rough right now, my wife ain't giving me any intimacy, I don't feel loved in my relationship, I feel like my marriage is falling apart, what do I do? What's the first thing you think most men are going to say to that? Most dudes are going to be like, oh, hey, yo, yuck, you ain't hitting it right, man. Or, hey, yo, you just, you must have no game or you must be small or whatever. They're going to immediately going to insult your manhood. As if what's between your legs is, is the epitome of your manhood. Look, if you're a, a guy over the age of, um, I don't know, 15 or 16, and you're still measuring your masculinity by the appendage between your legs. You're not a man. You're a boy. Why? Because you're still having this juvenile mindset. There are dudes out here who are blessed down there who don't accomplish jack with their lives. Zero. Nothing. And there are men who have next to nothing down there and they make billions of dollars. And they change the world for the better and they help people. Who do you think is a more superior man? Well, that's really up for you to decide, isn't it? But my friends, the women, the reason why I think women love to play the victim is because men, we don't catch on to this stuff because we're taught mainly by our mothers, you know, my mom did a lot of things right. I'm not going to say she did. She did a lot of things right. She taught me a lot of lessons I needed to learn. But when I was a kid, I was taught always to apologize first. I was always taught to be the quote bigger person, even though she was my mother and I was like a child. I was taught to be the quote bigger person and I go and apologize to her first, even though she'd be the one yelling and berating me. But you know what? It's always Jermaine's fault, right? It's always someone else's fault. You know, shout out to CGA. It's always Jermaine's fault. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look. When women come into a relationship and they immediately talk about how bad their ex was and how they were a victim... What is your response as a man? Usually your response is to immediately say, Oh, don't worry, baby. I ain't going to be nothing like that. I'm going to be a great man. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Immediately, 
you don't ask questions, you make promises. Immediately, most of men. They don't ask questions. And if you're not asking good, important questions, you're going to miss hearing stupid answers that might deter you from making a certain choice. Now, I'm not saying that the quote abuse or whatever didn't happen. I wasn't there. What I'm saying is a lot of people like to distort the truth in order to have the failures of their past rewritten and reforged into an image that they can be proud of because they know that because you weren't there, they can simply say you weren't there and then try to negate and cancel out your common sense. Gentlemen and ladies, ladies, you need to be out here and you need to stop lying to your sons, your husbands, boyfriends, friends, and you need to tell them the truth. And men, you got to listen if they do tell you the truth. Because I know men that are told the truth and they immediately just won't accept it. They'll say, I can't be true. I don't want it to be true. So it's not true. Now, there are ladies out here who will also gaslight them and tell them that they'll tell guys like me that I'm wrong for doing this show even though I'm gonna, we both know that I am right, and that's the whole reason why you're trying to tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, you, you can't play these games with me. You play stupid games, you win the stupid prizes, and I'm out of stupid prizes. I ain't got nothing to offer you. My friends, I, I welcome you to discuss your relationships, to discuss your opinions. Go ahead. I ask that you do it in a respectful manner because I believe that when we are discussing ideas... You should be respectful. Even if you disagree, you should discuss the idea, not the person, because the idea is what matters more. I think it was Eleanor Roosevelt who said that stupid people discuss people, like stupid people discuss people, smart people discuss places, and then wise people discuss ideas. I think it was, it was something along those lines. I might be butchering that. I hope I'm not. But it was something along those lines of... You need to be of a superior intelligence to not bring in the lower two of people or places to discuss ideas. My friends, I would love to hear what you have to say. I'm sure you have a lot to say based on what you heard on the show today. So please do. I'd love to hear it. But until next time, God bless you. God bless your family. And God bless America. We're out of here. Enjoy your weekend. Peace.